Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, psychic phenomenon, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality, as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, X-Zone Radio TV. For more information on the X-Zone Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.xzoneradiotv.com or www.xzonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the X-Zone from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Always remember X-Zone Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Conklin and Healing Within. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have an exceptional guest that I know you're going to get a lot of information and a lot of laughs and and just uh, beautiful wisdom coming from this woman. Um, I've known her for a few years now. Her name is Marae Bunnell, and I want to give you just a little bit of her bio, but she'll be filling in a lot of the rest. Um, Bunnell, yeah, Marae Bunnell's life story is a testament to the tenacity of the human spirit and the power of perception. As a young single parent, she defied all odds by raising a child while managing a successful career and her college education. As an adult, Marae defied all odds again after being diagnosed with multiple chronic and incurable diseases. Once faced with a terminal medical diagnosis, she experienced a spontaneous remission, drawing interest from scientific and medical experts across the country. She generously donates her time for both research and medical studies in areas of medical miracles, spontaneous remissions, psychological and spiritual aspects of healing. 
Research on her medical case has been published and incorporated into curriculum updates for medical schools. Her medical records and aspects of her healing experience are also being referenced in a book on medical miracles and spontaneous remissions scheduled for release in early 2020. Today, Murray remains actively engaged in the physical, psychological, and spiritual aspects of healing and health. Passion about improving the quality of life for those suffering chronic pain, incurable disease, and facing their own mortality. Murray's personal mission is to help others find their own journey of hope and transformation. And I can tell you, folks, you're just going to really love hearing her story and how she's uh, adapted and overcome so much. So, Murray, thank you so much for being a part of the show today. Well, thank you for having me. It is just wonderful to have you on, and thank you for for accepting this and and coming on and sharing with um, our listeners today about your experience. And, um, you know, I know we can get into a lot of childhood stuff and, you know, spend time with that, but I'd really like to move right into, because I'm sure some of the prior stuff will come into, but can you describe the progression of the illness, disease over the years? What types of doctors did you see? I mean, what was going on with you? You know, it was really interesting because I was a young mom. I was working, traveling. Um, I was busy. I was trying to take night classes as well. I mean, I had a lot going on. And what I really started noticing, and this was when I was I was still really young. I would say this was probably my late teens is just an overwhelming, just exhaustion and fatigue. And I started seeing doctors saying, you know, something's just not right. I shouldn't be this tired. I mean, I, people my age were uh, living a different lifestyle, but of course it seemed like they didn't have uh, the fatigue and the exhaustion that I felt. And, and it was really kind of dismissed. Um, I went through a lot of doctors the first few years where they were like, well, look, you're traveling all the time and you're a single parent and you're working, you're juggling a lot. And it was, um, it was dismissed a lot, which was frustrating because I felt like even at that point, I felt like there was something there. So over time, um, you know, different doctors did give various diagnoses like, oh, you've got a hypothyroid and oh, I saw someone else, and oh, you've got adrenal exhaustion, you know, you really need to take better care of yourself. And Eventually, I get the diagnosis of, you know, chronic fatigue syndrome, and, you know, so it's kind of these, you know, mysterious, invisible kind of ailments. Uh, they treat with thyroid medication, of course, and right. you know, then I have to kind of make things work with caffeine, and, you know, it's like, okay, I can sleep now, and I would, like, take a swig of NyQuil and, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like, okay, time to get up, right, time to get right, up, right. I'm going to, you know, get coffee. Yep. <laughs> so that's really how it started. And that went on for quite a few years. Yeah. Wow. So, so they really didn't, uh, they, they kind of gave you a diagnosis, but they weren't really able to get in there. I know a lot of times with chronic fatigue, um, they say there's no there's no treatment for it. And, um, and I'll throw my aside in there for folks with chronic fatigue. A lot of times it's boundary issues, folks. So really look in your life if you're setting appropriate boundaries. But how did the years of dealing with the chronic pain and, and the invisible illness disease change you? I mean, what, uh, how, where did you have to go in order to well, cope? 
really there was kind of this um, this trajectory that continued of, of escalation. You know, once I had been through all of the doctors that had basically said, oh, you know, lifestyle, eat better, whatever, I did eat well. Um, but, you know, there was definitely things that were happening, increasing flus and colds and aches and pains. And, you know, it was just I mean, my friends were always joking around. It was like there were three New Year's Eves in a row that my friends were like, hey, at least can we get you out once a year? Well, every year on New Year's Eve, I'd be sick. So it was wow. just the way that it worked. Yeah. And, you know, so this became, you know, something where I thought, you know, no, there's just something not right. And, you know, the pain that was associated with the aches and the flus, it just became kind of constant and increasing and evolving. And so I was seeing different doctors by this time, you know, and they're saying, well, you've had prolonged stress and we think we're, it's affecting your immune system. And, you know, you get the diagnosis of fibromyalgia, which, you know, basically means that can they take, they can take some different approaches to treat you, but it's still kind of this mysterious, invisible uh, kind of pain. And then I started to learn that there are different times, types of pain that you need to be able to articulate. Mm -hmm. So is it, joint pain? Is it nerve pain? Is it bone pain? Is it muscle pain? Um, So then I kind of graduated into the area of pain management. So that kind of brings a different level of um, medical treatment, you know, where it's the diagnostic imaging and looking for things like pinched nerves. And, you know, I got diagnosis, oh, you've got, you know, herniated discs, you've got pinched nerves, you've got complex regional pain disorder, you've got connective tissue disorder, you know, I'm still like, okay, I still don't know what these things mean other than the pinched nerves. I got that, you know, but then you get kind of into that realm where, okay, um, here's medicines like gabapentin and that'll help take the edge off the nerve pain. And here's other pain pills and patches, uh, getting epidural injections, that kind of stuff. And it was kind of like chasing a ghost. And so that escalated to where, um, you know, it was like, okay, we need bigger tests, right? So um, having full body bone scans when I knew good and well they were looking for cancer, right. um, different nerve conduction studies, uh, different imaging. And then we got to the point where, okay, well, do you need that body part? Maybe we can take it out, right? So, um, oh, let's go ahead and, you know, remove the silicone breast implants because that, that maybe that's a problem. Or right. let's do a hysterectomy. You don't need that anymore. A bilateral ophorectomy. You don't need that anymore. So what, um, what kind of a time, what kind of a time span? I mean, are we looking at, are we looking at two years? Are we looking at five years that they were coming up with all of these different things or, or was it fairly um, concentrated? I mean, how long were you jumping from diagnosis to a conceptual diagnosis and doctors really saying, I don't know? No, at this at this point, by the time they were doing like the bone scans, looking for bone cancer and stuff, this had been going on for 20 to 25 years. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. a long time to have a career, raise a son and um, and and exist and be in that much pain. That's a that's a lot of a lot of time. Twenty five years. Well, It is. And I just felt like there's no way that a body could have this much pain and this many different types of pain and not have something really wrong. And so I was just on this, this endless pursuit. You know, it was like every surgery, every procedure, every treatment, I was like, I just have to be getting close 
to finding whatever this root cause could be. And I I really felt like maybe I got there in 2012 when I got a diagnosis of chronic Lyme disease. And so when I got that diagnosis in 2012, I was like, wow, this has been 30 years of really, um, I remembered getting a tick bite when I was 13 years old um, at the park with a friend and I had lymph nodes on the back of my ear that all swelled up and, you know, it was kind of scary. And my mom took me to the pediatrician and the pediatrician was just like, well, there's nothing that we do about that. I mean, it's just, they'll eventually go down. Right. Those lymph nodes never completely went down, but for years they were large bumps behind my ear that always embarrassed me. I'd always try to use my hair to kind of cover that. Right. And so I remembered that event and they basically said, well, that would, that would add up. They said that would add up. You could take all of these things and all of these mysterious illness and it would explain a lot of the different kinds of pain. Right. And, um, you know, I thought, okay, maybe we can get to the root of it. And so I had a, a pick line put in. I started doing IV antibiotics for every eight hours. Wow. I had, been, I had been doing that for, um, well, I, I had all the equipment set up at home and and I had a home health care nurse that would come once a week and do labs and make sure that I was doing okay. But I was still working away. And I just, you know, I learned how to hang a bag on my rear view mirror of my car before a meeting or in between meetings. I'd excuse myself and wow. changed all my bandaging. I mean, oh I turned my into gosh. a girl. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. amazing. And, I, and and a lot of times, you know, Lyme's ends up being the diagnosis that doctors will come up with that kind of explains the totality of everything, but really doesn't end up being that ultimate um, diagnosis. So, so right. you learn to cope. I know we're going to take a break here. Yeah, we're going to take a we break are. here in a minute, I know. But we, I will say, 10 months into that treatment, I was diagnosed with metastatic um cancer and aggressive cancer that could not be treated. Wow. Let's talk about that on the other side. It's Patty Conklin and Healing Within. We'll be right back with my guest, Marae Bunnell. It's hard to listen to the news without realizing we're living in volatile, unprecedented times. Yet never has there been such an opportunity to transform the human condition. As old structures fail, where can we find the guidance to co-create a better way? Find Your Path Home is an ever-evolving, leading-edge information, education, and healing resource center designed to support and guide you on your path to unity and enlightenment. Based on sound principles employed by shaman worldwide, we provide techniques that can support you through the current transitions, offering online shamanic classes, international long-distance shamanic healing sessions, complimentary Mission Evolution radio episodes, and Stairway to Heaven TV vignettes. We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for two fifty. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just two dollars. 
Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now it's time for a plant fact. Roses are one of the oldest ornamental plants in cultivation, with a history going back over 5,000 years. The philosopher Confucius wrote about them, and Roman emperors treated their guests to dining on carpets of rose petals, with thousands more raining down from above. Become a part of this epic history by planting a proven winner's rose. Just look for the white containers at your local garden center or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. Seminars, retreats, and much more. All of this can be found on findyourpathhome.com. So I was watching the X-Zone TV channel last night when I was abducted by aliens and they kept repeating to me over and over again, simultv.com, simultv.com. What's simultv.com? That's what I asked them. They had it written on the side of their UFO. How do you spell that? UFO. No, I mean simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Right. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Interesting that you were abducted by aliens in a simultv.com UFO last night. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Now that you mention it, I remember now last night, I was awakened from a deep sleep. My great-grandmother was standing there. She said she'd come from the hereafter to tell me about Simultv.com. She even spelled it out for me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com, Sonny Boy. Wow. Yeah. Guys, you'll never guess what my psychic guru just told me. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Exactly. Are you guys psychic too? Of course. We all know about Simultv.com. S-I-M-U-L-T-V.com. Path Home Shamanic Art School proudly presents the Gathering of Shaman 2019 Fall Retreat, Manifestation Samhain. Join me, Certified Shamanic Instructor Gwilda Wiecka, in the magnificent Colorado Mountains this November 2nd and 3rd for a life-changing event. Participate in unique teachings and ceremonies that will put the power and magic of shamanic manifestation into your hands. Sit in circle with like-minded individuals, sharing group energy and the power it generates. Classes will be held in a facility next to the beautiful, majestic Arkansas River, further empowering the experience. Space is limited, so reserve your spot today. For more information, visit findyourpathhome.com or email touchin at findyourpathhome.com. everyone. Thank you so much for listening in today. This is Patty Conklin in Healing Within, and I have a wonderful guest, uh, Marae Bunnell, who is sharing her story of, of pain, misdiagnosis, uh, kind of a, a long time frame of going through uh, a lot of different diagnosis and working full-time, raising a child, and, uh, and, and self Boy, doing your self IVs, um, that takes a lot. But but finally, you were told what? Tell us again, right before we went to break, you were sharing what um, they finally diagnosed. Yeah, so um, 10 months into doing the uh, antibiotics three times a day via the PICC line, and I was so good at it, and I thought, you know, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get my life back, and I was really starting to feel um, hopeful, um, you know, where I'd been frustrated for for some time and uh then the doctor just you know kept looking at something on my neck that had been bulging out on my neck and 
And um, he, he, he he didn't like it. And he said, you know, I, I really feel like you need to go get a, a surgical biopsy because that keeps getting bigger. And, you know, it could be that the next round of antibiotics uh, could address that. It could be a co-infection that we haven't treated yet. But he said, I just feel like um, it's been growing very rapidly and it should have a surgical biopsy. So he wrote a note and ordered a biopsy. Um, I had a surgical biopsy. They took out, uh, you know, basically like a one inch cube, a very mm-hmm. large section of it. And they, uh, they called me, um, two days later and said, um, that it was, uh, a, a, an advanced stage, um, of a, uh, very aggressive cancer that was, uh, not, that didn't respond to treatment. So, wow. um, yeah, it was just. Uh, it was something that you you might see in a movie, but you would never think it would happen to you. You know, right. it just like time just stands still. Yeah, absolutely. And so, I mean, obviously, all the emotions of shock and terror and everything went through you, and they really weren't giving you any options. What what was their well, prognosis, you know, and what did they want to do? <laughs> So they, um, they kind of went through some math. I had a team of three different doctors. I had, you know, of course, the oncologist, and then I had a head and neck cancer surgeon, um, and then I also had uh, another specialist for that particular uh, kind of cancer. And so there were three doctors on my team. And interestingly, they disagreed, um, which was unnerving to me, but uh, they actually sure. say it's a good thing. That's why they have three of them, and, and it gives you different perspectives and so on. Um, at that point, um, the surgeon said, I'll go in and I'll at least take the pressure off the jugular vein and the carotid artery uh, because those were life-threatening. You know, there were comments that they didn't really know how I was standing there walking. And, you know, an interesting thing that I remember is that the uh, nurses were all chatting and they're like, you know, we've had your picture up here. We've been looking at your picture just in disbelief. How do you breathe? Wow. And what was amazing is when they said that, I just felt it. I felt it like a weight because I thought I'd had allergies. I was like, man, my allergies have been bad. But I'm like, I can't breathe. Yeah. I can't breathe. Wow. And that was one of those moments where, and then I think the nurses were probably like, oh, we really shouldn't have said that, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. But, yeah. You have those moments that kind of sit still in time where you have these different realizations um, of, of, you know, you want to go through the denial and, and, you know, oh, there's a mistake. I should get, you know, a second opinion, a third opinion. And of course I did do those yeah. things. Um, but, uh, it is, um, certainly something when they explain to you that, um, this is a cancer that responds to chemotherapy less than 5% of the time. Um, it is not operable. So it was, uh, diagnosed as, uh, um, it was not resectable was what they said. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the surgeon wanted to go in and at least take the pressure off, which might give me a little more time so that I didn't like stroke out at any minute. Right. Um, because it was then, tied into your jugular and carotid, yeah. correct? Yeah. It had, yeah, it had completely um, deviated and, and it had wrapped around in different tumors. It was like a conglomerate. Uh, they said it was beautifully complex were the words that they used. Wow. Beautifully complex uh, metastatic uh, uh, conglomeration of tumors. And so it literally was pinching off. It was, it had deviated, um, 
the carotid artery and the jugular vein. And, you know, they were saying, well, if we did go in, we'd have to do a jugular bypass. And, um, you know, so even to, to buy a little more time, it was going to, you know, not have the ability to sweat or spit or swallow. I was not going to be able to use my right arm. I mean, it was like, you know, the, the list was very long. Right. Um, of, and uh, were you still working? Uh, were you still working leading up to this? Yes, Diagnosis? I, I had been wow. I had been working the entire time. In fact, I felt by that time, I felt like I'd been living a double life because all of these years I hid this from everyone. Right. I didn't want my work to know that I had health issues. Right. I did not want, um, you know, my friends to know other than they would joke and say, well, you're sick all the time. It's like, but I really, I didn't want people to know. And I think that there's something about pain um, that's different. You know, pain is, is often invisible, right? Right. Um, people can't see. Um, if they've never dealt with it, they don't understand. And I mean, let's be real. They don't want to hear about it. Right. Right. Um, right. People do not want to get on the phone with you and listen to you talk about how bad your pain is. Right. They might do it for a little while, but that's like not something that they enjoy. So, and the, and the um, thing is, you were in corporate America. I mean, it's not yeah. like you were working in a bookstore and could hide away from people. You were in corporate America having yeah. to having to be out there so so yes. so being really ill and having the doctors give you such a limited time what did you decide to do next well the the initial um shock and disbelief you know where the head is spinning i, I had a very hard time focusing like i had adrenaline that was kicking in and my body didn't know what was happening. So I just automatically felt anger, right? I was like angry at the doctors. Like I knew that something was really wrong. I've been telling doctors for years, there's no way that a body can have this much pain for this long and live. I've been saying that for decades, right? Yeah. And, you know, then I kind of went into this really overwhelming sense of loneliness. And I think that it was the realization where I was like, oh my gosh, I can be in a room surrounded by people but I'm the only one that's going to die. I got to do this alone. Mm -hmm. I have to die alone. Wow. And then, you know, that all of a sudden, you know, kicked in a level of fear that I didn't know existed because I just went screaming back to my childhood, like trying to remember Sunday school lessons and wait, let's go back. I got to get myself, you know, refreshed on, you know, what is heaven? What is hell? Who goes where? What's the, you know, what's the right. criteria? Right. What's the I criteria? My whole life. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, okay, oh my gosh, I don't have time. But I felt like the first thing that I needed to do was I got to find a way to come to terms with this because I was just pacing the floor. I mean, when I came home that night, I couldn't sleep. I couldn't eat. All I did was pace. I couldn't watch a TV show and sit down. I couldn't sit still. My mom wanted to hug me. I'm like, no, don't touch me, right? It, yeah. it just, it's so hard to explain when your body is like on fire, uh, but everything feels like pins and needles. And then, of course, you have the pain on top of that. But, right. um, you know, I realized that there were, um, that I seriously needed some help. I'm always a very organized and, and, you know, strategic and planning kind of personality, but I was in way over my head. So yeah. I really felt like I needed to, um, 
to find some help in a very, uh, you know, unusual circumstance where, you know, I've got very little time and I need to figure out what I believe because right now I'm freaking out kind of chaos. Right. So that was, that was an interesting um, situation to be in. But, um, you know, Patty, you've always said that something good comes out of everything, right? I mean, so we always have to try to look for opportunities And I, you know, started a journey at that point where I was like, okay, I got to focus what is most important. And certain things that surprised me, like I felt the sudden need that I had to clean out my basement. Like I thought Mm -hmm. there's no way that I want to leave my parents with having to go through all of my boxes of, you know, stupid pictures and you know, clean up all of this mess and, you know, nobody should have to go through my house and nobody should have to, you know, sell everything. And, you know, so it was like, okay, I've got to figure out quickly um, if I've got four hours a day that I could be out of bed, because really that was about it. Um, I had to like masterfully plan that four hours. What was I going to do during that four hours? What could I do laying in bed, you know, to manage the pain? Um, and I had all these little pillows and everything that I could get propped up so that, you know, it would, it would help the places that hurt the most. And so, yeah, I, I, um, I, I also reached out and, uh, tried to find some help. That actually is how I got connected to you, Patty, which is, uh, you know, which is a great story all in itself. But I knew that the one thing that was most important to me is I had to get right with myself yeah. And I had to get um, uh, some sort of peace in transitioning because I was terrified to die. Right. Terrified. So when we when we come back after the break, let's let's talk about how you coped with that fear and that terror of dying and and everything that was kind of looming in front of you. Um, because that was a pivotal time, I suspect, in in your uh, um your process of going through this uh, non-treatable aggressive cancer. So when we come back, folks, let's talk to uh, Marae about uh, what she did next to uh, overcome this. So it's Patty Conklin and Healing Within, and we'll be right back and we'll continue our discussion with Marae Bunnell. Whether you're a skeptic or a believer, join me, Rob McConnell, as together we'll investigate the world of the paranormal and the science of parapsychology here on the Exxon Radio TV show on XZBN and the Exxon TV channel on Simul TV. Since 1990, the Exxon Radio TV show has been the place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. Together, we'll investigate UFOs, aliens, ghosts, Bigfoot, Psychic phenomena, lake monsters, conspiracy theories, government cover-ups, the truth embargo, alien abductions, ESP, haunted locations from around the world, and so much more. With over 28 years of broadcasting and more than 4,500 individual guests, the X-Zone is truly a place where fact is fiction and fiction is... We all have that friend who wakes up early to go get everyone McDonald's breakfast while the rest of us sleep in. This is your sign to thank them. And if you're that friend, this is us saying thank you. 
Now get a sausage McMuffin, sausage biscuit, sausage burrito, or hash browns. Choose two for $2.50. Enjoy a large iced coffee for just $2. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Now it's time for a plant fact. Roses are one of the oldest ornamental plants in cultivation, with a history going back over 5,000 years. The philosopher Confucius wrote about them, and Roman emperors treated their guests to dining on carpets of rose petals, with thousands more raining down from above. Become a part of this epic history by planting a proven winner's rose. Just look for the white containers at your local garden center, or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. Is reality as evidenced by the credibility, integrity, and professionalism of the guests that we bring to our international audience. If you have seen a UFO, had a close encounter, seen a ghost, Bigfoot, lake monster, or a story that you would like to share or have investigated, contact me, Rob McConnell, by sending me your email to xzone at xzoneradiotv.com, or you can call toll-free 1-800-610-7035, extension 143, and on Skype, Exxon Radio TV. For more information on the Exxon Radio TV show with yours truly, Rob McConnell, visit www.exxoneradiotv.com or www.exxonetvchannel.com or simultv.com and xzbn.net. Until next we meet here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, always remember Exxon Nation. Keep your eyes to the sky and your heart in the light. Thank you so much for coming back and joining. I'm Patty Conklin, and you're listening to Healing Within. And uh, we've got a wonderful guest on today, Marae Bennell, talking about her experience with, uh, at this stage, being at uh, uh, diagnosed with aggressive uh, cancer and non-operable, and just kind of moving into the fear. And I and I just want to join in with you, uh, Marae. I know that you know you know my story in my late 20s being diagnosed with both forms of lupus and being told that I only had you know a few years to live um, and overcoming it so you know part of how we overcome things is how we face it and our perceptions of it so you know you're you're you left us with the the point of what do I do now? You know, get the house ready. How much longer do I have? How did you cope with that fear? It was really difficult. I mean, it was um, it was something that I I didn't even know um, was possible to have that much fear, where you're almost in, in you're almost paralyzed by it, yeah. but yet you can't sit still, and no one can touch you, and it just is a very um, interesting. Uh, experience because I didn't know that kind of experience existed. Um, but of course, it kind of brought me to a point in my life where I needed to, you know, reach out and have some pretty serious conversations um, uh, with anyone that I had felt like, you know, I needed to close the loop on something, somebody that I missed and had lost track of. I mean, it was, uh, this was something I could do from bed. So, you know, during those hours that I was laying in bed, 
uh, and not sleeping, I would uh, I would make phone calls and to someone that I felt guilty over missing their wedding and then not explaining. You know, it's like I'd just reach up out of the blue and call them and they'd be like, wow, we haven't talked in all of these years. And, you know, like, what's going on? And, uh, you know, I would say, oh, I was just going through some pictures in the basement. I saw a picture of us and boy, did we you have didn't tell them. Well, in some cases I told people, but uh-huh. more often than not, I just wanted to like close the book and say, I just wanted to thank you. Cause when I saw that picture, I realized how much, you know, you meant to me in that mm-hmm. point in my life. And, you know, I'm, you know, so glad that, that we crossed paths. So in a lot of cases, I did not uh, tell people. I just wanted closure. Um, and what was interesting is as I was going through that process of looking through photos in the basement, and, you know, shredding them, like, you know, because I was just like, nobody should have to go through all my photos. And as I looked at people, I started to have a very different perception of my relationships. Um, and a guy that I had dated that really wasn't very nice to me. And I looked at him and I didn't feel anger for him anymore. All of a sudden I was like, oh, he was such a great teacher to me because out of that relationship, I learned um, what I don't want. Right. You know, like it was interesting as I started to like close chapters um, that I didn't remember what was bad about the person. I remembered what good came out of that. Right. And that's a lesson I learned not long after this from you, but This is where I started to see where closing the chapter on things um, really is different uh, when you feel like you mean it. You know, when you really feel like you're closing the book and you're, you know, making your amends or whatever it is that you do, or you just need to say, hey, I'm sorry, and I really loved you, and maybe you never said it. Um, But kind of closing the book on those things. And I also, um, having a very religious family, you know, was talking to them and, and, you know, it's like, hey, help me understand, you know. I haven't been to church in, in, you know, in a long time, and they're there all the time. So, you know, get me up to speed and, you know, help me understand how I can be, um, how I can be one of the good ones, right, that goes to the good place. Right, 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 right. <laughs> and, you know, and by the way, say some prayers for me, because you've been at church every Sunday, and I yep. have not. So, you know, those kinds of things. And yeah. then, you know, I ended up... Um, through, I think it was a friend of a friend, you know, I found out that you, Patty, were going to be in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had heard that you had already, you were already in town. Uh, The Friday night piece was already over. Um, In fact, I think the Saturday piece was already over. Yeah, Yeah. 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 So I think I found out about it like on a Saturday night. And the only piece that you had left was your Sunday session. And I think I found out with like 15 minutes notice that it was only a 10 minute drive. And I was like, well, that all seems to align nicely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that so was a group I, cellular. Yeah, right, right. And, um, you know, I, I went there and, you know, honestly, what I was really hoping was that I would get a different perspective. I would hear something different. And, you know, I didn't really understand everything about Um, you know, what you did, Patty, but I knew that I was going to try anything I could to find peace and find a way to come to terms um, with transitioning and make sure that I didn't go to the bad place. Right, right. And so how did that journey affect you in terms of, of from that process on? 
You know, um, it was perfect timing for me uh, to really get a different perspective. Um, And I would just say that, um, uh, not to get into your business too much, Patty, but but you had me do an exercise where um, I wrote, um, I explained things to you. I wrote them out on a piece of paper, and I described relationships with certain people and um, and then uh, after you had read those, I'm like, yeah, that's all accurate. And then you did a shift on me and, you know, you asked me to remove one aspect of the relationship, like one dynamic. Right. What if you took this one dynamic of this relationship out and why don't you rewrite that and what would that look like? And I was like, oh, my gosh. Oh, Holy cow. So this is like, all right, if you can get past the hand that might be right in front of your face blocking your eyes, mm-hmm. all of a sudden you can see something totally differently. And the truth, the, the truth is what we hold based on how we are seeing and interpreting, um, you know, information based on what we've learned in years past. And I, I started realizing, wow, you can actually change your perception and it will change (laughs) it'll change what you're dealing with Uh, it doesn't it was an amazing shift for me um, to start feeling empowered to say I have the ability to change that dynamic yeah I have the ability to change my perception and therefore that will allow me to diffuse that situation um, you know, all of a sudden you have, you're empowered um, to not be victim um, or stuck uh, by circumstances that you don't want or like. Right. And so um, that, that's that been one of the biggest gifts um, that I've ever received was that ability to um, look at things differently. And I will tell you that I would say, At that point, one of the most important areas that I needed to change my perception Mm -hmm. was with how I dealt with pain. Yes. And for years, I felt like I'm such a nice person. I do good in this world. I feed stray dogs. You know, I help sick animals. I donate money. You know, it's like I'm a good person. The world is a better place with me. You know, why? You know, why me? Kind of. Right. And. And I really started to feel like pain was a punishment. Hmm. And I don't know how that started other than pain hurts. Uh, When you're punished, it hurts, right? So you probably feel bad. I don't know. Somehow I created that association. And I think a lot of people do that when I have pain, I must be doing something wrong. Or I wouldn't be experiencing (laughs) that. It wasn't just me. I really took it like to the next level and felt like, oh, every mistake I made in my life and, you know, this, I must be being punished. This is a, this is a, you know, condemnation or this is a punishment for me not being a perfect person. And, you know, the biggest shift that I needed to have there was to realize I'm not being punished. This is the only way my body knows how to communicate with me. I mean, I've been all like Rambo for all of these years, you know, it's like, oh, I'm going to be a single mother and I'm traveling and I'm taking promotions and I'm getting new jobs and I'm blowing out my number and, 
you know, I mean, I was so like conquer, work through it. I mean, even my workouts were so intense that it was like, you know, no pain, no gain, you know, that kind of thing. And, And that was the worst thing I could be doing to my body at that point because my body needed some cooperation from me. It and needed it some, it yeah, I mean, it needed some cooperation, but I mean, look at the fact that not only was it an aggressive cancer that was non-treatable, right? It was, it was connected and encompassing your jugular and carotid artery. I mean, so, yeah. so not only are you dealing with cancer, you're being suffocated to death. Right. Um, really? I mean, it just such a unusual area for a cancer to grow. And so your body was really making, making inroads into let's, let's listen. What is it that you need to hear? What is it that you're learning? Right? Cause it's not a punishment. It's a learning. And so when we come back, I want to let's wrap up with just, you know, what your doctors think when all of a sudden you didn't have this anymore and all that that stuff that that truly does take place, folks, it, it truly does happen. And uh, and it's really about beginning to shift those perceptions. So let's talk about that when we come back. So this is Patty Conklin, and you're listening to Healing Within and my guest, Marae Bunnell. And I'm just so thrilled she's here with us today. And we'll catch you on the other side. If you are looking for a safe, zero-calorie, natural option to the harmful artificial sweeteners on the market today, Just Like Sugar is what you're looking for. Just Like Sugar is a wonderful natural alternative for those health-conscious people who choose a calorie-restricted diet with a great, pure, sweet flavor that tastes just like sugar. Just Like Sugar is a great natural option for people suffering from diabetes and may be useful in restricted diet programs where standard sugars are not allowed and does not cause a laxative effect of some other sweeteners. Just Like Sugar comprises a perfect blend of chicory root fiber, natural calcium, natural vitamin C, and Just Like Sugar sweetness comes from the natural flavors from the peel of the orange. Just Like Sugar is a natural alternative to harmful artificial sweeteners and will change the way that you believe all natural sweetener products taste. Just Like Sugar is available at your local Whole Foods markets, Wild Oats markets, Henry's, Sun Harvest, and many other fine natural food stores in the U.S., Canada, and worldwide. They are here, and they've been here for thousands of years, making their presence known in the shadows. They might be seen by a lonely motorist on a deserted road late at night, or by a frightened and confused husband in the bedroom he is sharing with his wife. But who are they? What do they want? Why are they here? Perhaps most concerning, has the government been aware of their presence all along? The new book by Ellie Marzulli, UFO Disclosure, The 70-Year Cover-Up Exposed, delves into the world of UFOs. Can full disclosure be soon? Order now and receive a free hour and 37-minute DVD on the UFO phenomenon, UFOs Are Real. Get both the book and the DVD. Are you ready for spring? 
Well, now's the perfect time to head out to your local garden center and pick up a hydrangea from Proven Winners to add to your landscape. Proven Winners hydrangeas are gorgeous and simple to care for. There's just no better or easier way to enjoy a flower-filled summer. Take the time to plant one now and look forward to years of enjoyment and compliments. Look for Proven Winners Hydrangeas in the white containers at your favorite garden center. Now it's time for a plant fact. Everyone loves lilacs, but there's more to them than meets the eye. Their scientific name is syringa, which derives from the Greek word syrinx for panpipes. This is because their stems are filled with a spongy pith that can be removed and the hollow wood played like a flute. You can get your own lilac or any of the award-winning Proven Winners flowering shrubs at your local garden center or visit provenwinnerscolorchoice.com. $40 value for only $19.99. To order your book and DVD today, go to lamarzuli.net. That's L-A-M-A-R-Z-U-L-L-I dot net. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Memorable dynamic presentations are a not-so-secret weapon in the business world. Do you have a powerful message that must be shared, but you haven't found a way to deliver that message? Do you want to be known as a top public speaker who gets amazing results? Are you ready to create and deliver your powerful message? Thomas Hydes can help you create and deliver your speech to get the results you desire. Visit IconQuality.com. Did you expect your business to flourish, but instead it plateaued or didn't get off the ground yet? Would you like to achieve massive goals and discover new sources of income within your business? When you're ready to experience that type of success with fast results, Cindy Hendricks is the business coach for you. Her work with entrepreneurs and business owners has been life-changing. To get you and your business where you want to be, go to imaginemoresuccess.com. Has the fear of public speaking stalled your business or personal life? What would you give to develop and maintain supreme confidence? Have an invaluable private program to always perform at your best. Imagine how you would feel. You can have all that and so much more today with Thomas Hyde's life-changing course called Number One Fear Unleashed. Visit NumberOneFear.com and be liberated from your fear of public speaking.
Welcome back, everyone. It's Patty Conklin and Healing Within. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And I hope that uh, you'll listen to this show again and really kind of take it into the depths of how it's meant and share it with loved ones who may be going through a, a challenging time and know that there's uh, there's always hope. There's always a, a shift of perception that can make such a big difference in someone's life. My guest today is Marae uh, Bennell, and we've been having a wonderful talk about her experience of being diagnosed with an aggressive uh, form of cancer that was tied into her jugular and carotid arteries and, and her perception of life. So, Marae, obviously you're still with us. And, and so the doctor's uh, feelings of what we're taking, what was going to be taking place with you uh, didn't materialize. Um, what happened? So, you know, in my um, world at that point, you know, now I am not working, um, which I've never remembered a time in my life that I wasn't, you know, working. I've done that since I was, you know, a teenager. And I'm not working. Um, I am focused on, you know, a handful of my top priorities of things that I feel like I need to clean up and resolve uh, to, to make peace. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, 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 I was looking for you, reaching out, you know, to you to try to help get um, some um, perspective on dying, not right. being a horrible thing. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I remember yeah. you telling you told me once, Patty, you were like, death is not necessarily a bad outcome. And I'm like looking at you saying, what did you just say? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's a weird I, I situation, right? Yeah, I need I needed to shift my perception a little bit more before I could embrace that. Um, but mm-hmm. yes, I I, um, I needed to do a lot of um, digging deep internally. And, 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 and I did. I mean, I've never spent. Um, so many hours, um, literally, I mean, just on my knees, like praying, like to any, <laughs> to anyone that could hear a prayer, just saying, you know, help me get through this, help me manage the fear, help me, you know, <laughs> help me not completely melt down, you know, right. as I go through this process. And, and, um, you know, what was um, amazing is that doing a lot of these things with the closure with people and making things right and saying things that maybe I hadn't sent, you know, in a way, it kind of like takes a little bit of a load off. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's like, you know, after a week or two of kind of knocking out some of these things that have been weighing on you for years, all of a sudden it kind of starts to feel a little lighter. And I did start feeling a little lighter and I did start looking at things a little bit differently. And I was suddenly realizing that every situation, every experience was good. And I never would have said that before, right? Because you say, oh, you have good experiences and you have bad experiences. No, not so. Every experience is a gift and every experience is good because Every single thing that happens to you in life is an opportunity to learn and develop and evolve and become stronger. I mean, really, you can look at this differently and start to understand that there's, there's really no judgment. You right. know, there shouldn't be the judgment that this is bad or I was bad. I would like to look at it and say, well, I was a very high-spirited and independent person. There you go. Not bad. I was just different. And our differences make us interesting and beautiful and all of that other stuff. So what was amazing is that um, 
uh, every, gosh, I don't know if it was every 30 days, I would go in for scans. And they did want me to take like, a, you know, there was a like a phase three study that was taking place. And they're like, well, we want to take these two drugs that people took before and it didn't work. But we're wondering what's going to happen if people take them together. How does mm-hmm. that sound? I'm like, well, I mean, obviously, I don't have anything to lose. So, okay. right. So right. Um, what was interesting is the, the, the hump on my neck was actually smaller before I even started taking the medicine. Wow. It's like, well, that's, that's weird. Is it shrinking? And then it's like, okay, well, it, take this medicine and see what happens, you know? And then it was like they said that the goal of the medicine, what they were hoping to achieve in the study, was they were trying to see if this medicine could shrink a tumor by 30%. That was the best case scenario that they would be hoping. Uh-huh. And so... Um, it was just a matter of a couple of scans and they couldn't even find the tumor. Now, this was a very large tumor. This was like a small sweet potato, right? right? And it was sticking out of my neck. And so, you know, how do you go from that, you know, to having a scan where it's like way small and then you can barely see it and then it's completely gone. Yeah. And so no one could explain it. They said it wasn't possible. Um, and it, it, we're just going to have to go in and, and do a neck dissection. We're going to have to open you all up. We got to figure out what's going on. You know, like, did it change form? And has it like just spread out everywhere? What? So yeah. it has to be a certain size to show up on the, on the contrast CT studies. So they went in and they did a seven and a half hour surgery, a neck dissection. Uh-huh. And, um, I came out of the surgery and, uh, you know, the surgeon told me, he said, well, I told you it couldn't be gone. It wasn't gone. I could see the black because actually that particular cancer is, is pigmented. You can see color. Wow. So he was like, I knew, I knew it couldn't be gone. I mean, I, I saw it. And he actually gave me a photograph of, you know, pieces of tissue that had the dark coloring on it. And, right. You know, anyway, so uh, I had that for my scrapbook. And uh-huh. so he was like, you know, we'll let you know what pathology says. And so, it was like two weeks. I should have heard back very quickly, but it was like two weeks later. And um, he came back and he said, I had them run these tests twice because I didn't believe it, but there was absolutely no cancer anywhere. And that pigment was literally a stain that was left from the cancer. It was only the pigment, a stain of that that was left. So there's, you just can't explain it. So, you know, an N of one, whatever they call it, you know, statistical outliers, all they could say was there must have been a lot of people praying for you. Wow. Wow. I mean, that's really amazing when you've got a pigmentation stain of the left, you know, of the residual of the cancer being gone. I mean, that's, yeah, that is, it's amazing. It's wondrous, but I'm sure it made them scratch their heads uh, in the medical yeah. Uh, profession. So how has how has that relationship changed, you know, the relationship to letting go of cancer and being able to do it basically yourself? Um, what what has changed the relationship with yourself and others in terms of how you perceive life? I mean, yes, I, I, I'm saying alone. Yes, I know lots of people prayed. I know you did lots of, of spiritual I had, in yes, work. I had yes. lots of help. So, so, but the bottom line is it still all comes down to what your perception is as to whether or not you can get better. 
right? I mean, a lot of people can pray and send good wishes and so forth, but the perception has to change within you. So how has that perception continued to change for you and, and the people you interact with and, and love and so forth? Well, I really feel like it's changed um, pretty much every aspect of my life. I mean, I'm, I'm back at work and, you know, of course, from that front, like everything looks normal, but um, you know, my perceptions, the way that I interact with myself, other people, the world, the way I see things is totally different. And, and uh, you know, people who know me are like, you know, you're so different because when you walk outside, it's like, you know, you see beauty in a flower or, you know, you look at the sky and you, oh, look how blue that is. I mean, just there's a different level of awareness because there's different priorities, right? I mean, I right. so appreciate the wondrous aspects of um, of, of things that we walk by every day. Um, you know, there's so many things that we don't think are possible and they are possible. And, and so I, I feel a little bit like a kid in the sense that I have a little bit more of a sense of wonder about me. Mm -hmm. And I definitely understand, um, and know that healing and pain, it can mean so many different things to people. And, and I've had people, you know, ask me, uh, you know, what should I, what should I do, you know, for a friend who's sick or, you know, what should this person do? And, and, and when I get those questions, I kind of pause and, you know, I always encourage someone who asks me for my, my opinion or my thought, you mm -hmm. know, does that person, are they asking for advice? Or are they just needing someone to be with them? Um, when I was sick, I didn't want to be touched. I didn't want to be hugged. I didn't want someone really within 12 inches of me, but I mm -hmm. wanted somebody there. Right. I wanted my, my mom sat there, bless her heart. She sat there and read book after book. She'd sleep, whatever. She was just there. She didn't expect me to talk. I didn't want to talk. My head was racing. Right. But having right. someone there. And then when she would leave, my sister would take a shift. My dad would take a shift. You know, my boyfriend at the time. I mean, yeah. having the presence of someone just to know that they're there and not being expected to entertain or talk or, you know, no pressure. Right. But just having someone there with you uh, can be just a tremendous comfort, uh, right. comfort to that person. Right. And. You know, the other thing that I have tried to, um, you know, share with people is that, you know, I think there's a lot of cases where transitioning, passing on, whatever words you want to use, that may not really be a bad outcome. And right. when you said that to me the first time, I did not like it at all. But <laughs> now I get it. I get yeah. it. And you know what? There are there are so many you know, good, great, beautiful, you know, um, things that we can look forward to, um, regardless of where we are in our life or in our transitioning. And, you know, I just feel like the people who get pretty close to that edge and have, an, have a choice, you know, yeah. I yeah. mean, I, I believe I had a choice. Right. And uh, I was given a very clear choice. Um, I could, I could, I could stay. It would be a lot of work yep. or I could go and I chose yep. to stay, but we shouldn't judge someone who chooses to go.
Exactly. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and your thoughts and your words. And and, uh, you're just an inspiration to everyone. So thank you so much for being a part of the show today, Marae. It's Patty Conklin and Healing Within. Thank you so much, folks. And I know that uh, you learned something from Marae's wonderful words. Thank you so much for being a part of today. Are you ready for spring? Well, now's the perfect time to head out to your local garden center and pick up a hydrangea from Proven Winners to add to your landscape. Proven Winners hydrangeas are gorgeous and simple to care for. There's just no better or easier way to enjoy a flower-filled summer. Take the time to plant one now and look forward to years of enjoyment and compliments. Look for Proven Winners hydrangeas in the white containers at your favorite garden center.